Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Thank you guys all for, for hopping on board. Excited to uh, share with you guys today. We're going to talk about, I'll give you a little bit of an agenda. So we're going to talk about who are you as an entrepreneur. So we're going to go through these three different um, areas that oftentimes we forget uh, who we are as an entrepreneur, meaning you can have a business and you may identify with that business, but there's a personality change that has to happen in order for continued success. And so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the, the three like fundamental categories in a business. Um, and then there's some subcategories in there, which are production, profit and protection. And so we'll dive into that. So if you are able to take notes, take notes, if you're uh, not able to take notes because you're driving or doing something else, hopefully you'll be able to watch this later and write, take those notes down too. And I'll give you a tip. When you hear something and you take action, meaning like you write it down or take a note, you are more likely to remember it and execute on it. So that's a little tidbit. So hopefully you're able to take notes today. Lots of good stuff. And I can also post my notes in the Facebook group. And so if you guys are not part of the Facebook group, please go to, on Facebook, it's called Revival Executives. Send a request, we'll add you to it, uh, just so you can have access to some of the things that we do within that group from a, a teaching standpoint and sharing standpoint, just be part of the community. And also, if you have any questions uh, throughout the month, uh, feel free to email me at rtx at revivaltoday.com. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Sometimes it, it can take a little bit of time, but I appreciate the uh, the grace on that uh, as far as turnaround things to you guys. So <clears throat> let's dive into it. So who are you as an entrepreneur? And what that means is it isn't specific to the business. So I could say I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur in the healthcare space, uh, but also I could, you know, the reality is, is, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a marketer, I'm a closer, and I'm a leader. And so I wanna talk about each one of those categories and why they're important. Because if you forget to be that one of those individuals, you will likely not have a very successful business. <clears throat> so as a marketer, I'm always marketing. We should always be talking about what we're doing and, and even just building relationships, right? So think of it, and there, there's, a, there's a study that came out that in the, the 21st century, people are more likely to do business with people they like than do business just based on a number, right? Or a, a financial side of it. And so building good relationships, who your character is. I mean, think about social media, right? 20 years ago, no one had a chance to see how you lived your life, to see how you engaged with other people. And it, again, and you guys have heard me on every one of these, if you're not on social media, <clears throat> actively showing who you are, how you live, why people should listen to you, why people should pay attention to you, you are losing. You're going to be missing out on the opportunity. And so some of you that follow me, um, hopefully most of you guys do, you see that every day I'm very consistent with some of the things I post because based on my business and based on the people I want to watch me, I want them to see that I'm a guy that does these things every single day consistently. So not only do I teach people on it, not only do I lead people on it, I actually do it, right? And so it's kind of like a financial planner who's broke or 
a realtor that's never owned a home or something like that, right? There could be some, there's going to be some challenges in that if you don't live the, the path that you're trying to take people down. And so I'm always marketing and meaning that every opportunity for me to make a relationship network, it can be make friends, whatever it is, how I carry myself is how people are going to interpret how I'm probably going to do business too. If I'm always late, guess what? I'm going to be on my project. I'm going to probably be late. Right. And so how we carry ourselves is how we're marketing who we are as a person and likely how we're going to deliver on our business engagement. I'm always prospecting, meaning I'm always talking about what I do. I talk about business. I don't talk about sports. Sometimes we were just talking about some cars. I like talking about cars, but I'm either talking about the Lord my business, and sometimes I'm talking about cars. And so what you're into from a business standpoint, and that's why it's so important, I've said this to you guys before, is in choosing your path of an, as an entrepreneur, it's key to love what you're doing. Because if you don't love what you're doing, you're probably not going to talk about it. And if you're in a position today where you have a job that you don't really care about, you probably don't talk about your job. And if you do, you're probably, it's, it's from a complaint standpoint. And so being able to consider yourself as always prospecting, always talking about what you do, always having conversations about the things that you do, the problems you solve, the people you help, um, will help you get more people because that's marketing, right? The, the goal of marketing is to drive more traffic, get more people in the door, more people to serve. And so you have to be prospecting all of the time, not waiting for someone to come, always talking about what you do. Um, I'm always sharing and providing value. So again, you know, the amount of questions that I get through social media, right? So let's just go back to that. <clears throat> I'm marketing on social media. I'm sharing what I do from a health standpoint. Therefore, that provokes questions about health. People want to know, well, what protein do you use or what blood work should I get done? All these things. Those are all potential leads, conversations that could lead to a customer, right? And so when we're sharing what we do, we're providing value, educating people on some things they may not know, but we've done it so well. Uh, you're, you're continually providing value. And oftentimes, you know, as, as entrepreneurs or somebody who just knows you're an expert, let's say you're an expert at what you do. <clears throat> and so you take for granted the knowledge that you have. And so therefore you may forget to share that knowledge regularly. All right. If you have something interesting and innovative and new, exciting, you should be talking about it. And so with, you know, I coach a lot of entrepreneurs uh, outside of this, this, obviously, and we have a, uh, a discover and declare. And so daily, I require them, uh, if they want to win, is to learn something new and share something. And so for some of you guys, again, if you follow me on social media, you probably see I daily you'll post something, some fact, or I do a little story on something that's thought provoking. That's leading somebody to want to ask me questions. That's going to, add, or they're going to learn something. I'm going to provide value, right? I'm just dripping information. We're like, wow, I didn't know that. That's good. That's good. That's good. And what happens is I'm positioning myself subconsciously as the expert. And so when they have a question in that space, I'm likely to be at the top of their list for someone to reach out to. And then we have a conversation, potentially they're a customer and they converted. That's marketing, right? And so as an entrepreneur, I am always 
a marketer. I'm a marketer too. I'm always marketing. And to go back through those, it's I'm always marketing. I am always prospecting. I am always sharing and providing value. Next up, I am a closer. This is a tough one for entrepreneurs if you have not been trained in sales. So there's usually two verticals uh, in the entrepreneurial game for success. One, being a really good marketer. If you're awesome at driving traffic, we were, I was just having a conversation about that, is the guys that I know that are incredible marketers, they just build businesses around their systems of marketing to just scale the business. It doesn't matter. I was just talking, I had a friend, who, he built some sort of like baby diaper holster, some, something totally goofy, had nothing to do with anything he knew about. He just was good at marketing, sold the thing for $10 million, right? And so those guys, those really, really good marketing guys, they just grab products and services and market them really, really well because they've created systems and processes in the marketing game. So it doesn't matter really what space they get into, unless like it's a totally dead market, like newspapers or something like that, they're going to be successful. The, the second thing that's super important as an entrepreneur is sales, being a closer, actually getting somebody to move forward and pay money for the service or product that you're providing. And so I'm going to go through the process of I am a closer. I help people make decisions that are best for them, right? When we think of us, you know, sometimes we have to zoom out of the, the role of who we are as an entrepreneur. And remember, we're people, we're consumers, we have problems, we have good days, we have bad days, we have family, we have everything that everyone else has. And so when we remember that we're like human, um, and remember that everyone else is, we want to lead people to the best decision for them. And as people, we also understand that sometimes we don't do what we're supposed to do when we need to do it. And I always have this question with, with some of the people on one of my businesses in healthcare is everyone knows you should get blood work done regularly. <clears throat> no one does it. Right. And, and so a lot of times we, as people, we're bad at making decisions. The same recording thing that I do in um, at Kingdom Copy Publishing. So, um, do copywriting, so editing, and publishing for the same kind of customer base. Um, that is. So uh, part of that is I have to help lead people to the best decision because I'm a closer. Meaning most people make decisions by default. Meaning they change their health when they get the bad report from the doctor. They or they change the way they engage with their spouse because one of them says, I don't know if we should be together anymore, right? Or they change the way they work at their office because they get written up, right? And so if we make changes by decision, the decisions are made by desire, not out of default, we're more likely to have a, a better, smoother ride with the outcome we want. And so why I went into that for a second for you guys is that I, we need to help people make decisions that are best for them. So if I have someone that comes to me and says, Hey, Adam, I want, I'm curious about my health. What do I need to do? Here's what you need to do. I'm an expert in that space of what we should do to do that. And so I'm going to take them down that path. And so even if they're hesitating, well, let me think about it. Let me talk. No, 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 no. You already thought about it. That's why you reached out to me. The thought about it's done. We need to take action. And so that, is being a closer. We have to help get people to the best situation for them. If we're just, if we leave it up to them and say, well, yeah, here's the, here's what we could do. Just, you know, think about it. Well, they've been thinking about it for a long time and finally took action to reach out to you. 
you must help them get to the finish line, right? So I'm a closer. I help people make decisions that are best for them. The other thing is I move people through a process. And why that matters, depending on the business, depending on the service, is we're, again, we're all humans. We're really good at procrastinating. We're really good at making excuses. It's, we're more likely to make excuses than to do what we're supposed to do. All of us fall short to this, whether it's return a phone call, return an email, run an errand. I still have a shirt at the haircut place. When I got my haircut like a week ago. I have to go pick up. I've drove by it four times. I haven't picked it up yet. And I want to get my shirt back. I just I left it there. I forgot it. And so it's one of, it's silly. It's a silly thing that we do as people, but we are procrastinators. And so when we get honest and say, I'm a procrastinator sometimes, you're a procrastinator sometimes, your customer's probably a procrastinator, but the fact that they took action to have the conversation of interest about you helping them solve a problem with your service or your business or a product, we must help take them through the process. And taking them through the process can be, depending on your business, until they're to the finish line, until they've achieved their goal, we got to help kind of kick them down the road because as people will stall out. That's why people hire personal trainers. That's why people hire me to coach them. I coach guys because they know how to do all the stuff. They just want to have someone that holds them accountable, whether it's monthly or weekly based on the engagement to help get them down the road because we can be our own worst enemies. So as entrepreneurs, I'm a closer and we're closing ourselves to help people down this next process. Uh, the next one is I am decisive and help others narrow down options. I call it, and you've probably heard me say it before, the chaos of abundance, right? And so the chaos of abundance is too many decisions. And I think of like the cheesecake factory menu, the things like seven pages. I like going to a restaurant that's like half a page and there's like 14 things. And I'm like, well, I don't want a salad. I don't want soup. I don't want a sandwich. I'll take that thing. And really as people, we struggle to make decisions because out of fear, most people out of fear, are scared to make the wrong decision. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the confidence putting that in, the confidence you put into your prospect or customer uh, that you're able to do the job. And so going through that process of I am, uh, help others be decisive and narrow down uh, their options. And so remember as a closer, our job is to, and, and the only way to do that is if, if so if, if someone asks me a question or they come to me with a, with a need, I have to ask them a lot of questions to help uncover certain things, right? So whether it's through my coaching platform where I'm coaching with other people, I'm going to ask them questions, honest questions. Someone might say, I want to make more money. Great. Do you want to work more hours? Do you want to, do you hate what you're doing today? You want to find something new? Like you can really start uncovering and get to a purpose, get to a deep, deep understanding of the solution they want. Someone may, might, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Um, I don't know. Because the reality is, is maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe there's a guy that wants to lose weight because he wants his wife to find him more attractive. And then once you understand the depth of the reason, the why that someone actually came to you for help for a service or a product, you're able to help lead them. And we talked about this last month, help them through that process because they've, you've got to the actual pain point. If you miss the pain point, it's very hard to narrow down the options. And then it gets to an option of, do you want to stay in pain or do you want to move forward? No pain, right? And so we have to help as closers to do that. 
And then the, the third thing and final thing in this as an entrepreneur, I'm a leader. And we have to remember that as leaders, what do we have to do? We have to lead, right? And so oftentimes as entrepreneurs, especially early, if we haven't come from leadership positions, we default to letting our customer make the decisions, letting our customer ask us a lot of questions where we should be asking them the questions because we haven't adapted to a good leadership mentality yet. And so what does that entail as a leader? First thing, I am not a savior. Who's the savior? Jesus is. That's his job. I'm not a savior. I'm a leader. And so I say this for people that are not faith-based and don't know the Lord, they, they kind of joke at it, but as, as us as believers, we know that Jesus is the savior. We are not the saviors. I cannot do it for you. I cannot help. I can't get that person to do the thing they need to do for themselves, but I can provide the service. So I'm a leader. I have to lead them through that process and that process of, of helping others narrow down their best options. Right. And so the other thing as a leader is I want the outcome for others more than they want it. And so you have to start. And I say this because sometimes, and, and there's a switch in this and I'll switch to it in a second, but oftentimes we, we kind of are lukewarm on whether someone moves forward or not. You have to want it for somebody. Like I think of it for me, like what, what's helped me be successful as an entrepreneur, <clears throat> as a, as a marketer, a closer and a leader is I know the outcome for my customer on the backside of the decision of yes and following my process so well, the success rate is so high. The solution to their problem is, is so good that I will fight for that person because I know who they'll become. I know the weight they might lose. I know the health transformation they can have because I've experienced it as a confident entrepreneur with all these other customers of mine. So when you're new, you may not experience it to that, uh, that drastically, but you should believe in it so much that the worst thing that could happen is your customer doesn't move forward with you. If you actually have a solution and they actually have a need, the worst thing that could happen is them not moving forward with you. And if you have that burn in you, they will sense it. They'll be one of the greatest compliments when I talk to, you know, maybe initial clients is they're like, you are so passionate about this. Like the, they can hear the belief in my voice of the solution we're going to provide by beginning this journey. And that gives them the confidence to follow me as a leader down this path. The other thing is I help them want the outcome more than me. So you see how I switched that? We started with, I need to want it more than they do. They don't know what they want. If, they're, if, they, if they knew what they wanted more than I did, they'd have already done it. Right. So they're coming to me for a service or a product or a, an idea, something that they don't fully grasp. And I have to express that to them greater than they have it. And then through me expressing that and laying out the plan, they will convert to wanting it more than I want it for them. Right. And then as a leader, that's what we want to do. It's a, it's a <clears throat> converting mindset. It's taking somebody from uncertain to certain, taking someone from cold to fire, right? And so this is the process of being a leader with your client of wanting it more than them in the beginning and transitioning them, transforming them to somebody that wants it more than 
you want it for them. That's the goal. Um, I listen and I guide. And so what that means is oftentimes, and I think I said this, uh, we talked about this last month is you'll get in a situation with a salesperson and they just can't wait to tell you all the bells and whistles and all the things that it does. And, and it might not be what you're interested in. And so today I, I, I kind of just will let that individual go on and on and on. And then I might correct them and give them a little free advice, but that's the most important thing because we are passionate about what we do. We are excited about the problems we solve, but at the same time we have to stop, listen, and then guide, right? Because remembering that our customer has made some decisions inside of them to pursue something that led to a conversation with you as the entrepreneur, as the business owner, or as whatever position role you have for a solution. And so if we continue to listen to them and ask a lot of questions, we'll find out the, that reason for, for they're stepping forward for the reason that they reached out and the reason they want to move forward and uncover the pain. There's, there's a problem everyone has. The solution might be whether it's you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're, you know, the power's out at your house, whatever it might be. There's some issue someone has, and we want to listen to them so we can guide them down the process. Because if we don't listen, we'll lead them down a path we may think is best. And we haven't done the job of uncovering the right pain at the right place they want to be we may miss the mark and then we didn't really provide the service that we should provide. Right. And so it's, it's ethically uh, the right thing to do is shut up and listen and and you'll find so much more or ask tons of questions. So a lot of uh, team members of mine, they're on the front line with um, onboarding clients. I have a list of 20 questions they have to ask. They have to like literally ask those and put those in the notes and they're in trouble if they don't. And what it does is it forces you, because like, listen, we're not all on fire every single day, but if there's a template, you know, I, I get up and go to the gym every morning. Do I feel like it every morning? Nope. Do I do it every morning? Yep. And, and the reason is because I've made an agreement with myself. And so you create these agreements. And so for, in this particular situation is having the questions that are asked to that client to uncover a lot of things because they may not think of those things to share. And by doing so, you're doing a better service to them because you're diving deeper into their need, deeper into their personal story. They're going to feel more connected to you and they're more likely to move forward and you're doing the right thing. Right. And so uh, last on there is I give people clear opportunities. <clears throat> and I think that is one of the, the biggest challenges today that I see with entrepreneurs. And I just had, I just had an email recently with a guy half an hour ago who's, he's proposing something for me from a marketing standpoint. And I asked him to clearly identify what he's going to do. I'm going to drive traffic. How much traffic? What's it going to cost me? What's the conversion I can expect? Like, like going into it, he didn't really have any answers, which tells me he doesn't really know what he's doing. He wants me to pay him to try which I'm not doing. And so being very clear at what the opportunity is to work with you and your service so that just because you know it front and back, it doesn't mean they do. They don't work for your company, right? They're not, they're not an expert in the space. That's why they've chosen to, to talk to you. And so when you can become the best guide and create those clear opportunities for them to move forward, they're way more likely to move forward. And so going through this, this path, there's something I want you guys to, so hopefully, and I'll, I'll go back through some of these for you guys taking notes. Um, I'm a marketer. 
I am always marketing. I am always prospecting. I am always sharing and providing value. I am a closer. I help people make decisions that are best for them. I move people through a process. I am decisive and I help others narrow down options. I am a leader. I am not a savior. That's Jesus. I want the outcome for others more than they want it first. Then I help them want the outcome more than I want it for them. That's transformation mindset. Vital. I listen and guide. I give clear opportunities. That's a leader. And, and really to roll back into the leadership for a second, forget the customer side. If you're a leader in your company and you have start hiring employees, you have to want them to want the company to be as successful as you want it to. It's hard to make that happen, but you can really, I mean, I think here at Revival today, like everybody, this is Jonathan's church, right? And in, in Dallas's church, but everybody here is excited to see this church move forward, right? There's, we're bought into the mission of what this entity does, right? And the same thing has to happen in business. When you have uh, employees and, and people and partners that are on fire for the mission of the business, it's unstoppable. If everybody in your organization is just there for a job, it's going to crash and burn, or you're just going to have a nightmare in your hands of replacing people, trying to find good people. And then what happens is as a leader, you got to question the culture. What am I doing from a culture standpoint? If everybody's like, doesn't care about the place and they're like, so, so showing up, or you have a lot of turnover, your culture sucks. And so when I come in and consult for companies, the first thing I look at is culture because it's easy for me. Like, you know, I can stand here in front of you guys and say, Hey, I'm a really nice, sweet Christian guy. And I do this, this, and this, but I go home and treat my family bad and I don't do the things that I say I'm going to do. There's a culture that gets created in my life. That's not real. So as business owners, we have to create that culture day one from a leadership standpoint that rolls into our employees, our partners, vendors, clients. I got customers that know how we roll. We don't roll a certain way, right? We're always respectful. We treat people that we're honest. We do things a certain way. And we expect our clients to actually do the same thing too, because that's how important it is to, for us to maintain that integrity, not just internally, but externally, right? And so as a leader, it spills over, not just in the customer standpoint of leading clients and customers, but also internally. So it's very important. And so one of the things I want you guys to do a little exercise, um, and you can do this in your own time, think about it, is rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in these three categories. Mark, I'm a, I am a marketer. I am a closer. I am a leader. And so before you jot down a number, because your mom says you're really awesome at something, dive into this, get honest. Because the key thing is the more honest we get, with who we are. So I call it getting real, like getting really honest. Like, man, I have a lot of fear of talking about what I do. I have a lot of fear of posting videos on, you know, or going live or whatever it is. You're not that good at marketing. You have to improve. And the only way to improve is to create strict things. Hey, every day I'm going to post a story. And I know some of you guys on here that I've talked to, we've put that stuff and I see you guys doing it and I'm proud of you. And, and hopefully you're seeing the fruit of, of that as well. And so those are key things is like, 
it's just, yeah, almost daily I get compliments on my content, but it took a long time to get compliments on my content. It took a lot of reps of doing it. And so what happens is you just do this reps of doing it. So it's like, man, I'm not really that good at marketing. So I'm going to stay here and not real good at the score of a five or a six, or I'm going to get great. And the only way I'm going to get great is I'm going to do reps. And the only way I'm going to do reps, is I have to create a, a, a some sort of outline. And the only way I'm going to stay integrity with myself is I'm going to stick to my outline. So every day I'm going to go live on social media. Every day I'm going to post a video of me talking and sharing, uh, declaring like I have my guys do. I'm going to do that every day for 90 days. I don't care if I'm sick. I don't care if I'm traveling. I don't care. Well, you make zero excuses and you do that. And what happens at the end of 90 days, you feel really good about yourself where you would rate yourself as a marketer goes from a five or a six to an eight or a nine and your confidence and your content goes up. Your ability to do it goes up. All those things get better. Or you stay in the place of, I'm not really good at marketing. Can I just hire someone? No, not in the beginning. I mean, you can, but you should be doing it yourself first. And so again, we'll go into the closer piece. That's the second super most important piece. Am I good for at asking for the business or do I just give a lot of advice for free? And so, you know, I, this, like this thing that I do, this is free. I love doing this. God put this in my heart, excited to do it, but I have different tiers of coaching that I do of guys that I talk to weekly and we work on their businesses and do different things in different depth. It costs more money. And I have to tell them like, if someone I'm like, eh, it's kind of, that's like a one-on-one client process, right? That's a, and so based on how people work with you, how you value yourself. So if you're like, well, I don't value myself that well, you will not close people. And so you have to consider how well you value yourself, how well you value your service, how well you value your product and price yourself that and ask for that. And so oftentimes I see that there's just in the beginning, and I was, we were just talking about this earlier too, before the live is when, when someone is building something, you're new at something, you may offer a better price, but as you get better and your track record gets better, you know, what I charge from consulting a year ago compared to today is totally different because I've gone and helped two dozen people make millions of dollars on their business. And so there's a value, a track record and things like that. So like it just costs more money. And so you have to value yourself that you can't be scared to ask for the business so when it comes to being a closer, are you good at getting people to move forward? And if not, there's an aspect of your sales process that has to be addressed. Whether do you believe in the product? Do you believe in yourself? Are you clearly articulating it? Are you, do you understand what you're doing and things like that? And so that's where it goes back into maybe there's some improvement that has to happen either from a self-confidence standpoint or a better understanding of how and what your business works. Maybe you need to hire a coach to help you create a better system and process for that business. Um, and so if you're not good at closing, you're not going to have customers. So it's something to ask yourself and rate yourself. And then finally, uh, how do you rate yourself as a leader? A scale of one to 10. And I would even say, create a little sub leader, a leader, B leader, a at leading people, customers, potential customers down a path, B leading internal people. So depending on, uh, you know, if you are currently an entrepreneur, you currently have people that work for you with you, whether it's vendors or employees, how do you rate yourself as a leader? Do you clearly uh, lay out the plan or you, you operate with certainty or do you motivate people to do the thing they need to do uh, for you as a leader? 
And same thing with on the customer standpoint. So rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. It's going to help you identify things you may need to work on and um, things you're doing well at. And that's that's something that's super important. And uh, I, I may have talked about this already, about the gap in the gain. And I'll share a little bit about that because it's super, super important. It's a wonderful book that I highly recommend all of you guys take a look at. I try to do a book recommendation every time I come. And that would be the top of my list. It's called The Gap in the Gain. It's by Dan Sullivan, who owned, uh, he, he built and owned Strategic Coach, uh, really awesome entrepreneur coaching uh, platform. And he, he has a book that he co, co-wrote with another guy, I can't think of his name, maybe Charlie, uh, but it's called The Gap in the Game. <clears throat> and why it's important is entrepreneurs, and I share a lot of content on this because it can be tough. We have these like good days, bad days, up and downs, big wins punches in the throat and like you can just get defeated and want to quit sometimes. But the gap in the gain is about looking, staying in the gain, meaning you're able to look back and see what you've accomplished, look back and see how far you've come. And and there's a few of you guys on here. I see in the zoom that I know three months ago, you were dilly dallying around on your social media. Now I feel like all I do is see your social media. That's awesome. Good job. So if today you're feeling like, man, things aren't working or that customer said no, look back at the effort you're putting in and feel good about it. Now, if you're not doing anything, nothing's changed. You're just thinking about it. You're just talking about it. You're just tuning in every week. Well, you might find yourself in the gap more, right? And so the gap is where we want to go. That's the forever moving horizon that we never reach as entrepreneurs. And it's just, it happens. And it's, it's actually... I think it's a wonderful thing because it constantly motivates me to like, you know, keep going, never put my feet up no matter what I accomplish. Right. I just want to do more and more. And as a man of faith, it's because I know that God's put that in me. Right. And so one of the things from from a faith standpoint is, you know, I think of David, who's one of my heroes of the Bible is David was a shepherd and he went from a shepherd to a warrior, from a warrior to a king and from a king to a kingmaker. Right. And so as entrepreneurs, we start as entrepreneurs, we're out in the field, tending to the sheep, trying to figure it out. We move to CEO, which is the warrior. You're running the fight. You're out there. Ah, I got Goliath. And then you become the founder of the company. You're removed from the day to day. You have other people doing things. And then the next step is maybe investor, which I've, I've tried to move myself into it. This is kind of the phase I'm rolling into in my life is where I get to go be a part of multiple companies and help lead other people become a king maker. So David went from shepherd to warrior to king to king maker. And it's not often talked about, but think of his, his son, uh, King Solomon, like one of the greatest Kings of all time, wisest, wealthiest, like checked all the boxes. And so as entrepreneurs too, thinking about like where I want to go and part of why I do this and why I coach other people and, and do what I do in other businesses is I want to help raise up other Kings and Queens, right? As Queens, we're queen, queen makers, right? But uh, it's important to want to do that. So it isn't, we don't just get stuck in that. And so that there's a gap between maybe you might be in the, sh- in, tending the sheep right now, trying to figure it out. Uh, but with the heart of becoming a king and queen maker down the road. And so that should inspire you to get up and do it every single day, no matter how hard it is, no matter how well or, or bad it goes. But look back 
at the gap, right? Think of, or I'm sorry, the gain. And think of there's times when David went from shepherd to warrior, right? Like took out Goliath, was probably on a pretty good high of feeling really good, this little shepherd boy, and then eventually becoming king. But before king, he had Saul chasing around, like this guy who he served, took care of. He's like hiding out in a cave, right? He probably was like, man, in the moment, I feel so far away from the promise that God put in my heart. But he can look back and go, well, I was out there, you know, tending sheep, wiped out Goliath. I'm the number two guy in this kingdom. Okay, I'm good. Like, it's going to all work out. And we can forget this stuff. And as people of faith, the Bible is a roadmap. It shows us all of these stories. And, and that's why it's it's my source of inspiration. It's my source of promise. It's my source of, of what to do next, right? Let go and let God. And so I say that to you guys because I want you to think about this process as you go down the path of the gap and the gain. That when you catch yourself getting pouty, boo-hoo-hoo, get into the gain. Look at what you've accomplished. And again, if you're waiting around and there isn't much of a gain, you're probably going to find yourself depressed. Make moves, create rules. And, and that, that's some of the stuff we've worked on on previous uh previous zoom calls here is to is easy ways for you guys to set rules and set guidelines for you to grow into who you want to be. All right. Next up, we have three categories, production, profit, and protection. And so I'm going to talk about these in a few different ways. And it goes back to some of its gifts and things that we like, uh, things that we like to focus on as entrepreneurs. Um, where oftentimes I talk to entrepreneurs and they want to do all the, they're the technical people. They're like, well, I got to get my articles of incorporation and my EIN and all this blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm, I, I always push them to like, go get your first customer. All right. If, if I can get you to hire me to do a job, great. It takes about like 72 hours to like get all that stuff. Like during COVID, it might've took a week to like get your, article, you know, you're, you're the business document set up, right? That doesn't take long to do. Then there's the other entrepreneur that never does it. They're just like letting it rip. And it's like, do you have it? No. How long have you been doing business? Oh, like 18 months doing, you know, three, four, 500 grand a year. And they have none of that stuff done. And so we'll, we'll talk about some of these things in, in the timelines of when that stuff should be done. But w- what's important is to not get stuck in any of these areas. Again, my technical people, they want to go do all that stuff. And what's going to happen is they're going to build this. They're going to have their, I got my bank account and I got my entity and my LLC and all this stuff, but they don't have any customers and may never get them because they're not out hungry for what's required on the front side, which is the production side. So we'll go into production first and production is marketing, advertising, sales, and fulfillment. So if you're a hungry, fired up entrepreneur like me and I was, that's where I lived that I didn't go anywhere else. I didn't go to step two or three because like I said, I was just, I was excited about customer acquisition, revenue, sales, more, 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 more. And, but I was super unorganized and, and had, didn't have a lot of uh, workflow and systems and processes built because I operated on like, I'll figure it out. The other personality, which is a good business partner for me, is someone who's like, no, 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 no. I want to figure this out before I move forward. So moving at that pace of doing all of this at the same time is actually ideal. And so 
yeah, I'll read it one more time. So it's production is marketing, advertising, sales, and fulfillment. And then the next one, and we'll dive into it. I'll, I'll share them all with you guys so you can write it down and then we'll dive into it. So the next one is profit, which is optics, like just visibility on the business. So I should be able to come to you and say, what'd you do in revenue last month? If you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. You should know, right? If how many employees do you have? I don't know. Unless you're big enough, right? If you're Amazon or like, like people are in and out, you don't know. But if there's like four of you, you should know. And, and you should know, do you owe people money? If, do people owe you money? Or is there, you know, just certain things. Is deadlines being met? Does X have to happen by Y? Do you know, right? So it's optics in the business. I think it, to me, that's the most important one in this entire list. And I'll go back and tell you why. So for, for number two is profit. And that's optics, people, process systems. So this was sort of the second piece of the business part for me that I started adapting to because I realized that a lot of my production efforts would be done in vain if my systems and processes weren't good. I would lose clients because I just didn't provide the best service. I'd get them in, I'd fulfill their first, you know, let's say the first 90 days. And then like, I might forget about them. Cause I didn't have a CRM. I didn't have technology. I didn't have systems and processes to manage that, which now in this specific industry, I've built one of the best machines there is period. Um, and doing that because, but I had to do it, learn the hard way and continue to solve and solve and solve the problem. And so profit is optics, people process systems. The third category is protection, legal taxes, accounting, in cash. I've met a lot of people that do a lot of revenue and don't make any money. It sounds crazy. You're like, I do 20 million a year. What'd you take home? A hundred thousand. You have a $20 million headache and you took home a hundred thousand. Like the, the, it exists. It's, it blows me away when I see it from a margin standpoint. If you have small margins in your business, like single digit margins, one mistake one economic shift, one goofy thing, you are toast. And so I do not recommend low margin businesses. Um, and that's the cash because you can talk about how much you did in sales, but you know, it's the same thing. You have a government job. Well, here's my salary. How much did, the, did, did uncle Sam take? How much did you go, you know, Medicare and all these other things. And then it's like, well, that's how much money actually got in your bank account. That's the cash. And if you're not paying attention to your cash, you find out that you're working for free. And so I'm going to go back through some of these in a little bit more detail. Marketing, I'm not going to go too deep into. We talked about that quite a bit. Advertising, we'll kind of put that in the marketing piece. The sales, we talked about that when the I'm a closer conversation. Uh, fulfillment is just doing what you say you're going to do, right? If you offer a service, you better know how to fulfill it. If you offer a product, you better better be able to get that product to somebody within the expectation of the timeline of doing that, right? And thanks to Amazon, everybody wants everything the same day. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you have to set those expectations up front. Hey, I'm not Amazon. I'll get it to you four, five to seven business days, whatever it is. And so creating that fulfillment piece. And so those are, those are all kind of easy. We, we talked about those up front. Um, the second piece going into profit uh, gets into the optics. And so optics is to me is the most important thing. So where I shine best today as, as a business owner is being able to see all areas of the business at once. And so I can look and say, are my people doing what they're supposed to do? Yes. 
are we, is the flow of customers. Yes. How's my PL? Good expenses, you know, revenue and paying attention. How are my, how, how is my team morality wise? Are they good? Am I checking? Like I, we do weekly calls with my team. Um, and I do individual calls with a couple of them too, just to like, see how they're doing. Are people stressed out? They're going through problems. Cause if people are going through problems in their personal life, it spills into business. Check on those people, make sure they're okay. Make sure they're not doing the wrong things, right? Make sure they're not lying about stuff or, uh, be misleading on what they're doing from a work standpoint. Um, and then process and systems that, that, that is one of the most important game changer things for me. And that's, what's helped me thrive in the healthcare space is because the healthcare space is terrible systems and processes from a business standpoint, it's moved so slow in patient care. And so for someone like me, who's kind of been doing a different mode of operation, you know, 12 years ago and being able to apply that stuff, uh, through when we had a pandemic to now I've been able to thrive because I've created systems and processes that most people have never done before in, in the healthcare space. And so for you, if you can create good systems and processes, a, your business runs lean and smooth. And then secondly, if you may want to pivot into the, uh, consulting side, if you're really good at doing whatever that is, um, we were just having a conversation about being real good at, you know, creating, uh, YouTube channels for people. If you're really good at doing that, you've proven it for yourself. You create a good system process roadmap documented it all. You can start another business helping other people do it. So you have your own business that you work and run and then you go to consult, right? So I, I, I own healthcare companies, but I spend most of my time consulting for other healthcare companies that want my skill set, my systems, my processes, my how to do what to do into their organization. And so it's, that's down the road. Don't get ahead of yourself. Prove it for, you know, it took me 10 years to prove it before I got to that point. So don't try to do it in 10 months. You, uh, you may not do so well. And then the la- the third one protection. So legal taxes, accounting and cash. And so I can look back at an early entrepreneur and, and I thought like, man, I'll just find a, I'll find an agreement online or I'll find like a contract online. And it just gets look in the beginning, if you're talking small potatoes and you want to have some kind of like handwritten agreement, sure. But as you mature as an entrepreneur, I talk to my attorney every single week. I talk to my accountant and whether, I mean, usually the email every single week. Now where I'm at and where you might be are different, different places, but I do it because I'm doing a lot of transactions, a lot of agreements. Right. And so, um, I've been asked like, Hey Adam, can you send me over a operating agreement? Well, the operating agreement is the story of the commitment between me and partners potentially. So my operating agreement may not work for you, right? Same thing with consulting agreements. A lot of that stuff is template driven, but the deliverables in the context and the the breakup agreement, the, how all that stuff works out if things don't go well should be documented. And like I said, if, if, if it's early and it's small, I don't think you need to spend a ton of money. Uh, but as you get going, spend the money. It's a tax deduction. A hundred percent of the money I spend with my attorney is a tax deduction. A hundred percent of the money I spend with my CPA is a tax deduction. Right. And so if you're not making any money, it could be hard to spend that money. But when your company's making money as it grows and matures, spend that money because the 
the 10 grand I might spend in my attorney, like last month, I think I spent $10,000 with him with between different agreements and some of the stuff that we worked out, but it could have saved me millions of dollars or could have cost me millions of dollars. Spend the money as you mature, as, as the stakes get higher. It's like, you know, if you got a $500 car, you're probably going to put minimum insurance on it. You got a $500,000 car. You better insure that puppy beyond, right? Because the value's there. And so consider that as you go down that path, don't spend all your money in the beginning, but if you have something and it's going and growing, you're making money, make sure you cover, uh, cover your tail, um, taxes, learn that stuff. The understanding tax code connecting with a good CPA. I, so I was audited on my taxes, um, in 2012 and 13, because I had a bad accountant that misfiled something, right? So it was nothing goofy, nothing illegal. He just misrepresented something on there. And I got audited and I was mad because I was like, I'm honest. <laughs> like I, I don't lie on my taxes or any of those things. And so I learned tax code because out of my ego, I wanted to be right. And so I went and dove in because I was like, man, I paid this guy to do my taxes. I can't trust him. I got to learn it. I got to be able to check their work. Fortunately today, I have like a, a, an awesome CPA who's been my CPA for a long time and does a great job and haven't had any issues, but learn that stuff. Don't, there's a, there's a lazy part of entrepreneurship that's just like, oh, I'll let the marketing guy figure it out. I'll let the accountant figure that out. I'll let the, but learn it a little bit. You have to care about that. And it doesn't mean you have to be an expert and eliminate that help, but it does mean you have to understand a little bit. It's just going to benefit the way, because the way I think and what I'm trying to do in business, I'm moving and thinking and going so fast that I have to have some sort of understanding of the legally I'm in the healthcare space, right? There's a lot of regulation, a lot of different things, different States. I could spend months working on a project that I can't do because I didn't do the homework to see if it could be done in that state or done in the you know corporate structure that we want to do it. in. so like, I have to know that stuff. And then by knowing that stuff, it gives me a level of expertise that people are willing to pay for. I'm not the attorney, but here's the way I think the game plan should work. Run it by your attorney. Sure enough, their attorney says, okay, because I already did my homework. Right. And so as you become more of an expert, challenge yourself to learn these things, or at least have an understanding of, of, of taxes. Just like read about it. I don't know, watch a YouTube or something. I'm sure there's stuff out there. I, I've studied it because I wanted to know it. I don't like to be wrong. And I don't like to lose sleep at night thinking I forgot something or thinking I forgot to check a box. And so as an entrepreneur that wants to become a CEO, that wants to become a founder, that wants to become an investor, right? You have to do that. I wouldn't say that cheap stuff, maybe shepherd stuff, it's not king stuff, right? If you want to be a king or a queen, you have to do the work to become better, right? And so learn those things. It, it, too often, I've seen people lose so much money um, and make mistakes because they didn't double check. I've had attorneys create agreements for me that I was like, hey, here's how I want the agreement to do. It protects me, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay. And they create the agreement and it didn't do that. I still had to like pay somebody to leave when I didn't want to, right? Like if, if something, you know, just based on a certain contract. And so he, he heard me, but he didn't do what I said. And I didn't know enough to check his work. I was just like, oh, he's an attorney. He'll do it right. No, they're not. Read it, ask questions, question their work, especially if you're paying them. And so learn that stuff. It'll help you save money and, and make money. And then the accounting aspect of it is like, Having a CPA that's good, that understands your business. Um, for me, like my CPA is wonderful. I'm a wild person. I, I mean, I, I start 
at least a company, if not two per year. Uh, I do. I've done an exit a year for like the last three or so years. So like the, it gets, it gets goofy. And I do consulting agreements. I might do 10 deals a year. And so like being able to shuffle where that goes, what company that goes under the income and keeping all that stuff organized. I have a, a, a entrepreneur uh, right now as a business owner that he basically has like three different businesses all under one and it's a mess. And so, but I have the, the, the skill sets I've learned over time uh, from an accounting standpoint to help him understand uh, what, how he needs to recategorize and re kind of put these in a few different buckets and create a system and process. And so that's where like me learning this stuff, applying it in my business, proving that it works has allowed me to come in and do a consulting deal for this person, charge a good amount of money to bring a good amount of value uh, for this individual. But had I never took the time and just like threw it on my accountant's desk and let them work it out, these guys aren't, I mean, just because they're an accountant doesn't mean they're an awesome business person. It doesn't mean that they're, they understand your goals as a business owner. So learn accounting, but don't, and, and also the big, there's, there's people that don't even acknowledge it. Like I said, there's people that I know they have, their business is doing six figures a month and they make no money because they have no clue how to look at a PL profit and loss statement. They have no clue how to reconcile and categorize expenses. And listen, I am dumb. I barely graduated high school. I could not get past pre-algebra, right? So like, I'm not some like Harvard MBA guy. It could be done by making the decision to learn it, period. You just decide you want to do it and, and do it, learn it. There's like YouTube, there wasn't YouTube videos doing all these tutorials 15 years ago when I started on this path. And so learn that stuff or, you know, hire a coach or partner with somebody and I'm happy to help answer some of these questions, but I will make you do the work. You got to, you absolutely have to do the work. And so going through that, I'll run down it one more time. Maybe a couple of questions. So production, profit, protection. So production is the first thing, get customers, get revenue, make money, do what you say you're going to do. Second thing is profit. Pay attention to your business. How's everything running? How are my people doing? How is the process and systems working? Can I, can I automate something? Can I, you know, do I need to hire somebody to pick that up because I'm paying an outside marketing person? Maybe I need to bring someone inside learning all those kind of things on the, on the operation side is key. And then finally, when your business is going good and it starts getting success, make sure that legally things are buttoned up. Make sure from a tax standpoint, you're doing that right. I've seen it with entrepreneurs too, where they make a boatload of money. Guess what they do? They spend a boatload of money. They got sweet cars and bought their second house in the lake. And then they, they forgot that they actually have to pay taxes on the money they made. And then that causes, a, a, it's, it's unbelievable. And it, you would think in some, it's not, you think it'd be like dumb people, but it's not. It's smart people that just, didn't think about something. And so like, if you follow this, these kind of 12 categories, your business will grow and build successfully up front. You'll manage and scale it through systems and processes. Otherwise you, you run into a bottleneck somewhere in here or a nightmare in the third category protection where, you know, from a legal tax or accounting standpoint, or you have no cash. So you have no business, no, no money. You just have a job. And so that makes no money. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, so I want you to look through, if you actively have a business, I'd like you to look through uh, where are you at on this? Where are you at on this production profit protection? Are you like, oh my gosh, 
10 of these things I never thought of. I've only been focused on marketing. Or are you like, well, I think I got my legal stuff buttoned up, but I have no customers, no clue how to get customers, no clue how to fulfill customers. Like think about this whole process of where you're at. Um, Where are you good and where are you struggling? And so with these 12 things, where are you at? Maybe you're not to that space yet, or you've at least, it's like, well, I'm not ready to uh, hire an attorney to put a document together, but here's the deal. And, and you got to start thinking about it, right? So if you uh, say you're a solopreneur, right? You just, you're the only business, hundred percent owner of the, of the business. You don't have to worry about an operating agreement as much. It's you versus you, unless you like are crazy and have two different personalities then, but other than that, you're probably going to be okay. Now, if you're going in with two people, yeah, me and my sister, me and my best friend, you better put an operating agreement together. And and the key thing is not just to have an operating agreement that says nothing, because it is the document of divorce. It's the document of when things go wrong and we have a big disagreement, we point back to it. And there's times that I have to do this where I'm in a deal with someone or I'm doing a consulting agreement with someone and I'm like, do you see the scope of things? What you're asking me to do is outside of the scope. Happy to do that, but I just either A, want to point it out so you understand I'm going above and beyond, or B, we have to renegotiate this deal or the timeline of the deal or whatever it might be. And so it's the document that two people handshake via signature legally of how they're going to operate, whether it's from a consulting agreement or it's from an operating agreement for the business. But if it's you by yourself, don't stress the operating agreement. Because I've had a lot of people like, well, I need to get this operating agreement. No, you don't. It's you. It's just you. Are you going to sue yourself? No. Are you, <laughs> you going to hold yourself accountable? Then you know you don't have to worry about that. So don't get stuck in those things, but make sure you get it done. And from an accounting standpoint, I don't think you need to pay an accountant you know, a couple grand a month to do stuff if you're not doing stuff. You, just, you can just be responsible and get a spreadsheet or get, there's a fresh books. I think it was a inexpensive one that we've used uh, previously on building before. Like, you know, you get a QuickBooks account at a hundred plus dollars a month and you're not even making a hundred dollars a month because you just started and you're six months in, like you're probably wasting some money. And so don't get caught up in the protection piece until you actually have something to protect. <laughs> and people get worried about that. They're I don't want to get sued. Like I've been in the game for a long time. Most of the people I know and talk to are entrepreneurs. No one's ever got sued and like lost their house or anything like that, unless they did something um, wrong illegally. Right. And so don't get caught up in that stuff as much as you should be caught up on driving production. And then uh, what is your current focus? So I think looking at the business where you're at today, because we're all in different situations is deciding what you have to focus on. Is it marketing sales fulfillment? Is it, you're good at getting customers, but you're terrible at turnaround time. Like what, what is it? Is it hiring new people? Is it creating a better system process automation? Uh, maybe you're to the point where you are like, man, I'm scaling, I'm growing. I need to, I need to button up my legal tax accounting stuff. We're getting close to the end of the year. Uh, I meet with my, uh, CPA group quarterly. Um, usually weekly, there's some sort of email. Um, and then at the end of November, but after Thanksgiving, usually I meet with them again to just see it's kind of like anything else before I leave, right? Because the year's almost over. Um, and I just want to see if there's anything I should think of or any moves I should make prior to the end of the year. And so again, depending on where you're at in your business, I highly recommend that because there's stuff that I, we might see before the year wraps up that I need to do. I mean, sometimes it's a, acquiring new things. Sometimes it's 
Hey, stop paying yourself, right? Like you make it, can you wait to pay yourself to January? Yeah, sure. And so depending on the situation, it's good to just get that. And so to me, it's worth paying whatever, 150 bucks an hour to not make a $150,000 mistake, right? Don't be cheap. Uh, but again, if you're not making any money, it's brand spanking new. Don't spend a ton of money. You don't have much to lose. Um, what do you need to focus on next? So what are you currently focusing on based on where you're at today? And what do you need to focus on next? So maybe you're the marketing piece is what you're, you've been focused on. You're doing a great job at it. And now you're like, eh, I got to get some system process stuff put together. And so what are you focusing on next? Um, that's the key thing. And so go, going back through this process of, and, and this is how I began this with who are you as an entrepreneur, right? And we went through being a marketer, I'm a closer, I'm a leader. I manage production, I manage profit, I manage protection. And if you can do that real well, the stuff that we taught today, you become, you go from the shepherd to the warrior. You're going to be a warrior in your business. That's, that's basically what an entrepreneur is. You're out fighting. And we talk about this every time you're going to be fighting. You're getting punched in the face. You're going to lose. You're going to want to lay on the floor and kick and scream and cry. That's good. If that's happening, that means like, all right, you're, you're on your way. Welcome to entrepreneurship. And then eventually you get to become a king where you don't have to do all the hard stuff anymore. You may have to make a lot of hard decisions and have hard conversations, but you're helping lead other people into those positions. And then eventually what I think the ultimate goal is, is becoming a kingmaker, being able to divest into different areas of business and, and put your time, your talents, lead other people, lead other entrepreneurs, kind of do what I'm getting to do. Like that's the most fulfilling thing in the world uh, for me. And so, uh, if you do these things, you'll get to do those things. But if you try to skip these things to do those things, you, you, you'll likely have a lot of uh, failure in your path. So I don't have much more for you guys. I wanted to, I know that I feel like we don't leave enough time for questions. I know we have a lot of people here in the audience today too. So I wanted, because I'm here, um, to open more time for questions, maybe for the next 15 minutes or so. And so I want to leave that there's a lot of stuff we talked about today. I don't want any shy people unless you guys know it all, but I doubt it. So let's, I want to open it up for, uh, so if the team running the zoom can help pay attention and then also you guys in here, I can't see it cause I got lights in my eyes, maybe raise a hand or something like that and, uh, fire out your, uh, your question. And so let's, let's open up for questions. I want to give you guys to do that because I know we haven't had a lot of time to do it in the past. Who has the first question? Come on. You guys are shy. I thought I'm a, I thought you guys are marketers. Marketers talk a lot. All right. Desiree, what do you got? Yes, yeah, so my question is about marketing and advertising. Um what is the best way to do that? You mentioned about doing something it sounds like daily, but do you daily provide different content or um, I guess exactly what are you marketing like for my business? I don't know if I should be marketing my product or marketing that I'm accepting um, new manuscripts. Mine is a publishing uh, company. Yeah. So I think of there's a, there's a philosophy called, I think Gary Vaynerchuk says it, but it's called jab, 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 hook. And so what that means is 
you could share content. So let's say for me in the healthcare space, I want new people to be clients of mine for healthcare, right? So I'm going to share, Hey, did you know you should get your blood work once a, and then tomorrow I'm going to go, did you know you should measure, you should drink this many ounces of water. And the next day I'm going to say, did you know you should get X, Y, Z. So I'm bringing value. Right. And then the next day I'm going to go, if you haven't got your blood work checked, click here, come on, sign up with me. Right. So then I'm not selling all the time, but I'm marketing all the time. Right. And so, yeah. So for, for you, I, I don't know much about the publishing side. I've published a book, but I paid someone to help me do that. So I don't know a lot about it, but, but, but I think just you talking about the value of the space that you're in and then, cause then I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I could use that help. And then you're like, Hey, who wants to work with me? I'm like, Oh, me. And I'm in. Right. So jab, 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 hook. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. My pleasure. All right. Who else? had their hand up who's next somebody's got a question don't be shy no what about anybody here in the room anybody have a, all right great question and i got a joke for you first and so i have a so my cpa there's two cpa there's two uh, accountants or whatever CPAs in the firm that I work with. One drives like a 20 year old Honda. The other one drives a brand new blue Corvette. <laughs> and so, and I say what's funny is cause there's a balance there, right? You have a concert, you have a super conservative guy and like you have a bit more of a wild guy. And so it sounds silly, but I say, I, I say that cause like jokingly, I want someone who's like, understands risk, understands like what can be done, but also like, we're not breaking the law. I'm there's no, like the last thing you like as an entrepreneur, my advice do work hard, do the right thing. Don't break the law. If you never do wrong things, you can't get stopped. The people that do these, it's sometimes it's by mistake, right? You just don't know what you don't know. And so I think interviewing those people um, is important. Happy to introduce you guys to, to my CPA. He works with a lot of people I work with. Um, just good entrepreneur mindset uh, CPA. Same with an attorney. I mean, listen, I've, I've had attorneys that I interview. All they do is tell you everything you can't do. I'm like, dude, I didn't hire you to tell me what I can't do. I hired you to tell me how to do what I want to do. Right. And if there's a way or, you know, there's not that good. Right. There's, there's a reason why there's attorneys that make 50 grand a year and attorneys that make 50 million a year. They're just better. Right. And so you get what you pay for, but I don't think that the price tag uh, represents the quality. I think sometimes uh, price tag is attached to ego and people, I work with such and such client. So I'm $2,500 an hour. I don't know that that guy's that good. And so when you're picking your, your, your vendors, your partners from an accounting standpoint and a legal standpoint, I think the most important piece for you as an entrepreneur is to be clear at what you want to do. And so I have a healthcare attorney. I have a family planning, you know, like trust and all that kind of stuff. Attorney. I have a business like corporate attorney. He's the one I talk to the most. I have IP attorney that I talk to. So because they're not all qualified to tell you the right stuff, right? When it comes to like my non-healthcare, my corporate attorney, I know way more about healthcare law than he does because I've been in the game a long time, right? Now my healthcare attorney, I like him because he's really conservative. He's scared. 
<laughs> like he, like our, our goal is like, Hey, no orange suits. Right. And so like, he's super conservative. And so I can go to him and say, I know that he's going to give me the most conservative viewpoint. And then I'm going to kind of pick, well, about this, have you thought about this? And I'm going to go, and he's like, yeah, oh, I didn't think of that. Like, and we work backwards from safe. Right. And so the wild guy that's like, yeah, you'll be fine. You won't, don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden you're getting in handcuffs because you didn't know what you were doing or you get sued or something like that. I like a conservative attorney who's solution driven. And I like a CPA who's a visionary that like understands entrepreneur. Like my CPA, he also owns other companies like, and he's, and he's an acting CFO in a few different companies. So he's just diverse in the way he sees things. It's not just all like numbers and, you know, tax code. He's, he's understanding like what I might do this year compared to what I might do. Yeah. You know, and for me personally, like last year we, we had a different focus this year. We have a different focus. This 2024 will be a different focus. So we're thinking in the future, again, you just get started. Not a lot to think about and worry about, but as you get going, get bigger, you have multiple, I, I would have to look, I don't remember how many companies I have, right? Like off the top of my head and because doing the uh, lots of deals being parts of different stuff, but they do because I'll lose track and I'll, I'll skip something. Or something. Um, hopefully that was helpful for you, but I would, yeah, just interview them and share, be super clear and transparent. What's important to you and what your plan is. And you'll find the right partner. Don't go after the cheapest and don't go after the expense. Don't let price make your decision. All right. Who else up there? I see the little yellow hand. Who's, um, I can't see the name. We have someone in the top left. Is that Stephanie? Can someone unmute Stephanie? Hi, Adam. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Um, I have three questions. All right. Um, one is, are you able to give us the list of the 20 question use to onboard a client? Well, so that 20 questions is for people coming on board for blood work and health and hormone optimization. So it wouldn't be relevant to your business. But what I <laughs> would do is shoot me an email about your business and I can probably help you with some ideas, right? So like a CPA wouldn't have the same question as a guy that's running like a fishing charter who runs a trucking company who runs a construction company, right? So the, the 20 questions would be different. And so, okay, uh, yeah, but happy to help you formulate some of that stuff because here's the part of it. And, and this is why it's important is what, what's also helped me be successful is I hold hard to being the consumer, Meaning I don't, and this is where a lot of, and what's helped me in the healthcare space is doctors are doctors. They love to come in and talk with other terms that no one knows because we didn't go to medical school. And so I had the ability, I was like, as a consumer, I want, I want to, I need this dumped down for me. So like I had a process that I wanted to experience as a customer. And so I built a business to create that same experience to my fellow customer. I'm not a doctor, but I want to create their experience with the healthcare practice and, and platform more comforting. And that was one of the biggest things that we, we found in that company is people like, I feel like you hear me. I feel like you're listening to me. I feel like you actually care about what's going on with me, not just teaching me all you know, right? There's things that just saying people don't, don't care what you know until they know how much you care, right? And so when you ask 20 questions, you care. If you ask two questions, you don't care, right? And so I would just challenge you to think about whatever it is through your business is just understanding like, what are the questions I would want someone to ask me so they could do the best job for me, but happy to help you. Just shoot me over uh, email rtx at revivaltoday.com and I will 
happy to help you formulate what those are. Mine in particular wouldn't be any relevance unless you're in the same space as I am. If you are, let me know. Okay. Uh, Can I ask you another question? Yes. Um, Do you have any suggested reading for improving processes and systems? Tons of it. Shoot me an email. I have a, I have a book list. Actually, something I'll tell you guys two things. One, I have a, a, my website will be coming out and it's going to have tons of stuff, tons of my content, book recommendations because, you know, someone will ask me, Hey Adam, do you have a book recommendation for what? Right. it's kind of, and so, you know, I have business ones for you, like systems processes. Like I think EOS is one of the books, um, strengths finder. There's, there's a few of them off the top of my head, but I, I could definitely give you like handpick some great ones. My list, I've read over 500 books. And so like it's, I, I finished one on the plane here and started another one uh, while I was on the plane too. I'm constantly, I'm telling you guys that too. If you're not spending like 30 minutes a day, like reading, learning something, you're missing the boat, like find something and not like a love novel. Like I was flying back when I was flying the last week on a plane lady, <laughs> this lady next to me is like reading this, like some like summer love affair thing. And I was just like, where is that going to take her in her life? Maybe an affair, but it's not I'm reading a business book. Cause I want to further my, so maybe don't waste your time reading stuff. That's not going to move you in the direction that you want to move into. Uh, but yeah, happy to do that. Shoot me an email with that, well, with that email and some of the stuff about your questions, email RTX yeah. at revival today.com. And I'll also suggest books on systems and processes. Cause I got books on faith. I got books on business. I got books on self-improvement, all those kind of things. Any okay. other, any Thank other you. questions? Is that good? Well, yeah. Well, the last one was just a recommendation for an attorney. So oh. I could ask you that as when I email you. Yeah. And same, same, like I gave the example, I have four for different, mm-hmm. for depending on what the purpose is, because they're not all experts at all places. And so that can be challenging. Mm-hmm. So figuring out, you know, is it a real estate attorney? Is it a family attorney? Is it a business attorney, corporate mm-hmm. tax structure? Uh, you know, so if you have, if you know what the solution is you want to provide, I can let you know. And then some of them are, uh, you know, just based on where they're licensed, I don't know about state lines and what the expertise is, but happy to make some recommendations for you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So Steve, who's next? Who's got their hand up? David had his, had his up first, so I'll push it over to David. All right, David. Uh, I was wondering, how do you go about picking a board members? Mm, board members? That's, that's a great question. Um, I think that you want to find people that bring a lot of value and that have a great understanding of what you're doing. And you also have to be able to offer them something. Those are, and I, and I, I, those are things that I'm having conversations about now because I've been in a certain space for a long time and I, I would like to have for me personally, like some of those, I think of it like it's like being a grandparent, right? Like you get to kind of hang out with the kid a little bit, bring some value, but you're not running the day to day. And so the the opportunity to be a board member is is, is good and it should be highly valued, uh, but it doesn't need to be like your brother-in-law. It should be somebody who brings great value resources, you know, uh, people add people to boards because they, from either a significant knowledge standpoint or network. All right. So if I were to make you a board member, it's because maybe, you know, everybody I want to know. And so bring you into the family just makes sense. Right. Or you have tremendous amount of knowledge, skill set, but like that board member should be able to further the business, not just be a butt in a seat. 
Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you'll probably want to kick them off the board. Well, let me ask you this then. Um, how do you put safeguards in your bylaws that they don't vote you out of the business that you're starting? Because I, I know that can happen. How do you uh, avoid that? Yeah, it's all, and that's what goes into, you know, that's where the legal piece comes in is putting contractually putting those agreements in place that say what they can and can't do. I mean, you can have, you can have it in writing that uh, everybody has to eat popcorn during board meetings. Like you can put, I mean, I've seen silly stuff, but you can put whatever you want into the documentation and that's where the documentation matters. So like for your situation, the protection piece, that's key, right? And so if the protection piece isn't buttoned up and you don't, it's like, well, I'm going to make these guys board members. What can they or can't do? I mean, I've done stuff with my operating agreement that I have partners that, uh, but gave me full autonomy to do whatever I want. They were not allowed to. I just couldn't sell the company, for example, without their green light. I could sell the assets of the company. I could pay myself a million dollars a year or $10 a year, like creating that because it was my baby. They were kind of on almost like board members. And so I had to protect myself as the owner, operator, entrepreneur. Um, in that business. And so I think you just, you have to clearly define what you want it to be first. And then you say, Hey, attorney, write this up in your hard to understand legal mumbo jumbo. And that's what they do. That's what I do with my attorneys. I I tell the story exactly what I want. And then I'm like, put it into your 17 page document that could probably be in two paragraphs. (laughs) And here's my money. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Steve. All right. Adam, thanks as always for, you know, investing time with us. I appreciate that. My pleasure. And yeah, Adam, I've been on the calls, you know, or the meetings with you uh, since the get-go and you've shared some of your journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember you worked for somebody else in the past and you've been an entrepreneur for some time. So what was your tipping point to move from one thing to the next? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was in the finance space as a portfolio manager for a, a major mortgage company it was cool and the money was good. And, and I worked with, I liked the people I worked with, but it wasn't my passion. Like I was, I was like, oh, I got to go back to work. Oh, I can't wait to get out of work. Right. And so if that's your, if that's what you feel, you shouldn't be where you're at. We're not, we're not put in this earth to like eat, work, make babies and die. Like we're, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, there's just more to life. And so we should be full of joy and excitement and doing things we love. And we're just going to contribute more. And so, I always loved health and wellness. And what happened is I, I, I just started helping a couple guys. And this is something I want to point out. When I fly into town, every time, just about, a Pastor Augustine comes and picks me up. And he doesn't have to, but he does. And we spend some time in the car talking. We talk and he picks my brain and we usually park and we talk while we're parked way longer than it took to drive here because the airport's so close. Uh, but, but I think he values spending time with me. And so when I was... And picking my brain, right? Just one-on-one. I love doing it. He's, he's a wonderful man. I love him. And, but also when I was younger, I would do that. I'd have these executive guys, these guys I want to get close to. So number one, I was like, Hey, I'll, they, they, I was a fit guy. So they always had like fitness questions. He's like super successful, like millionaire guys that I worked with in the organization. And so I was excited to share with them my knowledge. And I would like, I was like, Hey, I'll help you with your diet. Yeah, no problem. I can help you out. Hey, you need a ride to the airport. I'll give you a ride. I, did, I always kept my car clean because I, I, I wanted to get time with them, right. <laughs> to, to learn from those guys, uh, at that point. So I was like, whatever it took. And eventually these guys were like, Hey man, you're helping us out. Can we pay you? And so 
they started paying me to help them do like help do this nutrition coaching. And they're older than me. And based on my research and the stuff that I studied, I, I realized these guys probably had some hormone imbalances. And so help them with getting blood work. Like I just started helping solve a problem. I never asked for money. Right. Mm -hmm. I just started doing the work. And eventually that led to one of them was like, who's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's like, Hey man, you should start a business doing this. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And he's like, yeah, you do. You're already doing it. And he's like, you just need to like, and that's the part, like some of us think it's like, we have to like put up this big circus tent. No, you don't. You just have to have customers, a system and process, uh, be able to fulfill it and just keep going. Right. And like, I had a, a notepad that I would like flip back to see like who I was like, Oh, who did I talk to? Like it was so unorganized, but then I just continued to get, I got obsessed with making the system and process better because it was less stress for me, better service to my clients. And then it just allowed me to scale and grow. And so that's what took the jump. But I, so I started doing that in 2011. I left uh, the, the mortgage company I was working at um, in 2012 because I worked like eight to eight. I had no free time. And I went to like a bank to do mortgages because I worked bank hours basically. And I would just sit in my office and I worked on my side hustle. I'm not saying it's like, I still did my job, but I, I worked on my side hustle. And then in June, 2013 was like, I in May was, I, I was like, Hey, I'm out. I'm going to, I realized like I had to get away from the, the safe place of the job and move into mm -hmm. the entrepreneur. Um, you know, and I always give this analogy. It's not super pleasant, but you take anybody and you hold them underwater in a bathtub, you will find a fire in that person. Please don't go do this to anyone. I don't want to get sued, but you will find a fire. Like you take the most lethargic, whatever, like Eeyore type person and you put them underwater. Everybody will fight. Like there'll be a fight in them. They've never experienced most people. And if you can bring that out in yourself to build a business like that's how, why I get up every day between whatever, four or four thirty in the morning. That's why I go do these things that, because it's, I have, I've learned how to activate that inside of me of just like, almost like I'm being held underwater. And so you put yourself in that mental uncomfortable state of like, I need to fight to get out of this or I'm going to drown. Right. And you go into that with that kind of courage and that kind of tenacity, you can't fail. And so that's one of the things too, is sometimes it's just like, it's easy to like tiptoe, but that's where I had to leave the bank. I like quit. Hey, I quit. My wife's like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to burn the ship in order to force me to move at a rate and a pace that I need to, to catch up to my income. Right. I, I made good money and then went to make a not good money. And it's like my lifestyle had to, so I was forced to sprint, right. And figure it out. And so, um, Hopefully that helps. It's probably a long, long, long story, but um, hopefully that helps you think about it. Maybe, you know, in that process. Uh, that's fantastic. I can relate to a lot of what you experienced and that, that definitely resonates. So I appreciate that. Awesome. My pleasure. Who's next? Dylan. Hey, Adam, really glad to be on. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I got to tell you. Awesome. Good um, hair. I like that hair. No, I, I feel like, I feel like really mine's good. looking a little flat today. You're looking good, bro. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. So I've got a very, very practical question for you. Uh, well, really two, 
one of them you may not be, be able to answer specifically for my business, but my wife and I opened up a pediatric functional medicine clinic that we started about five weeks ago. I actually recently emailed you about yeah. a week ago. About we're, are we, we're talking Monday, I think, right? Yeah, we are. We got an appointment for Monday. So it's in my calendar. Well, Just don't put that stuff to memory. <laughs> it's in my, but I remember it, but it's still in my calendar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Looking right, forward right. to it. So um, my wife is the practicing doctor. I run more of the operations side of the business. And the biggest thing is that she always has this fear, like she's overcharging people. And I really want to know, like, what factors can, can, you know, what are some basic or general factors that you can use to, to, to build your pricing structure for a service-based business, like a clinic, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, we really, have, she has some knowledge of it, but I, you know, how do you navigate that? I'm going to give you, there's a simple question. This applies to every single person listening and in this room. What's your value? And I was explaining this earlier today too, is what I used to charge for consulting two years ago. And I think I said this earlier compared to what I charge today is different. Why? Because I've helped a lot of people make millions and millions of dollars, right? So if, if you believe in what you do, and there's a value in it. You have to, you, you eventually trade time for, for, for dollars. Right. And so if I don't think there's like, like ethically, it sounds silly to say like charges, but, but like, what's your value? Right. And if you're doing something amazing and you're solving a lot of problems and you're special and unique and like you charge what you can now, listen, I do this stuff for free. When you and I talk Monday, it's free, right? So there's a part of me, I give back a ton of my time, but I also charge people a hundred grand a year if they want me to coach them one-on-one, right? You want me to come in and consult for your business? I charge a hundred grand for 90 days because part of it is, you know, and I pick and choose different deals that I can actually bring value to. If I can't bring value to them, I'm just like, yeah, it's not the right fit, not my business model, right? And so, because I know my value, because multiple, you know, dozens and dozens of times I've taken businesses from six figures to seven figures to eight figures and, you know, publicly traded the whole deal. So I know I can do what I do. And so if there's a value in that, I'd love to just help everybody for free, but you know what happened? I get discouraged. I would get, I would start being resentful towards my clients. Right. And so there's a piece of that that people don't understand until they get there where they're like, you know, if you don't charge enough, you may you'll get to a point to where it's like, I don't even want to do this anymore because the money, yeah. you don't care about the money, right? The money is not important to me. It's the mission. I love the mission. The money is just kind of like part of like this, but here's what my value is. This is what I value myself at. And, and I think that this, you know, you guys deciding that and happy to dive in deep Monday with you on it, like the particulars of it. Cause you know, some stuff could be off the wall. If you're like, well, here, I'm going to, you know, pierce somebody's ear for $10,000. Well, like I would say, you know, like that's crazy. There's certain things from a market standpoint, right. That you have to look at, but don't be the bottom. And I'd tell you not to be in the middle because guess yeah. who gets the most attention, the highest price, right? Like if, if you didn't know what a Rolls Royce was and yeah, I told you they're $500,000 and you're like, what makes a car $500,000? You are going to find out more than what makes a, you know, a Silverado $50,000. You never, you won't care. Who cares? That's what it is. It's normal when it's not normal. People are interested. So from a marketing standpoint, you'll get more attention by being the most expensive. If you're also providing a great service, if you're not doing a great service and it's snake oil or not awesome, then, you know, you probably have no business being in, in the space anyway, but if you think you're valuable and you're providing a ton of value, 
charge as much as you want, as much as you think you're worth. And so happy to help you guys with that specifically, just in that healthcare space. I've had a lot of experience, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So how do you, how do you navigate the value side of it? Like providing free value? Cause obviously when someone's starting a business, their margins are different than where you're at today. And so how do you provide, I mean, would you say providing more value now is more important and not be so worried about charging, 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 or I mean, how do you balance that then? If you're going to go into like, don't be afraid to charge someone, so, but at the same time, provide yeah, as much value. I'll give you, so there's a book and I'm on the, I'm reading it. This is the one, this is the third time I'm reading the book because it's so good. And it's by Alex Hermosi, and it's called Hundred Million Dollar Offers. Great book for entrepreneurs. If you're looking to like, how do I package up what I do? And so it's the same. Like I said, like I I, I have a coaching business too, right? Where I coach men one on one, and it's anywhere from like a hundred grand to twelve grand. Even there's a lower part that's like three thousand a year. And so, but what's included in that value is huge. Right. And I have testimonies of guys have gone through it that are like, Hey, Adams help me 10 X my money, 20 X my money. So like, of course you'd pay. Right. And so there's in his book, he talks about it. Alex Ramosi's book where his dad was like, you charge. He's like, there's a thousand people in this, this video. He saw him and he's like, you got, you charge those people $40,000. They all gave you 40,000. He's like, is that ethical? Is that right? Well, and he said, Hey dad, if I help you make $260,000. Would you give me 40? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, well, that's what I did. And so creating a solution maybe that's, um, and what you guys do is different, unique, right? It's not mainstream, right? So right. Ma mainstream doesn't demand anything special, something different, unique, the, what the problems you might solve and the opportunity you create, maybe it's part of the follow-up package, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll dive into it because obviously healthcare is my niche, but the, uh, and then you'd get to decide that. So I'll help you guys do that specifically. But I think for, for you guys, what you, what you offer, I mean, when I think of imagine, and not that I think I'm super awesome, but imagine you have 24 seven access to me to look at every single business deal. What about this? Hey, I have a problem with my partner. What about this client? This going, like those guys that have that access to me that I help them make or save million dollar decisions, right? Because there's someone in their corner in the blind spot. Not that I'm an expert of all these things, but having a second set of eyes they could trust that's, that, that isn't emotionally affiliated with the business of doing that. And so there's, there's a lot of value that I can bring to the table in that situation. And that's why, but to be, have that access to me, it just costs money. Right. And so like you guys have to think whatever you might have a, Hey, 24, seven, 365, we'll come to your house 50 grand a year. And in the meantime, anything you need, because I have, I have uh, a doc friend that charges $100,000 a year, concierge doc, and he has like 50 clients. So anything they need, they break their knee or whatever that covers it. They pay hundred grand a year, which to most of us, I think that's crazy, but he's been doing it for years. So maybe we're crazy, right? So think about that. What's your value? That's a key piece. Am I delivering the value that I want to charge? And then find that value. Okay. That's good. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. My pleasure. Look forward to talking. Yeah. I look forward to it too. Thank you. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Hi, good. Good to see you. Um, looking at marketing when we're doing some stuff on ourselves by ourselves, looking at, I'm trying to figure out kind of Google ads versus, you know, you got Facebook, Instagram marketing, SEO stuff, and then looking at Google ads. What are your thoughts on the Google ad side of it? Well, first I would say, are you a marketing expert? No. So what, what would be a good thing to do? 
find, find, a, mar- the marketing find a marketing expert. expert. And, I, and I say that to you just because we can waste a lot of money trying to figure it out ourselves or potentially finding the right person that obviously you're going to pay them to do it, but they can figure it out fast. And then you can get rid of them, hire them for six months, figure out the, what are they doing? What are the ad words they're using? And depending on and Google and healthcare, right? So you're, you're in the healthcare space. So am I, it gets particular what you can say, what you can search. Facebook has got a zillion rules that are a nightmare and they keep changing it and making it worse. And so figuring that piece out, but I would take some steps back first. So I'll give an example of my, I'm expanding my coaching business. And so in that I'm going to be doing paid marketing soon. First, I'm doing some like kind of organic stuff because I want to see what works, what's catching people. I'm going to take full responsibility of that. And so I'm going to create certain content that I'm going to throw out there and see what happens, right? I'm going to have conversations with people that I'm going to see if they go, Hey, I want to find out more if they're like, Oh, that's good. And they don't ask any questions. And so before you go and do paid traffic, I think it's important to like understand, like, what are, what is the copy and content you're going to be providing? You know, is it awesome? Cause, and that, that would be where I would suggest you check out is Alex Hermosi's book, a hundred million dollar leads. Both books are awesome. And they're like three hours to listen to, um, amazing books. Like the, the guy, he's, he's fantastic. And so the hundred million dollar leads is it talks about lead acquisition and because sometimes we can skip the place of, Hey, I'm going to go do Google ads, but maybe your ad, you know, the ad copy, the imaging, the video, is that good? It's like, well, I haven't done that yet. Well, then hold on. We want to make sure that stuff's good. Um, and so I, and then, and then to go back to the original question, I pay somebody to do Google. I'm not a Google expert. I just know if, do I have leads coming in? How much am I paying per lead? How much should I be paying? Right? So you find somebody that's in that, let's say functional medicine space, like which, which I think you're probably looking at. And so find four or five people that are in that space, interview them. Hey, what do you see? What should I expect to pay? Well, how much do you cost? How much should I expect to pay in ad spend? What should be my, and these guys love to talk about uh, cost of acquisition. Um, I like to talk about cost of, of actually closing a client, not, or I'm sorry, I like to talk about cost of acquisition, not lead cost because lead cost can be, you know, like clickbait stuff. And they just like, well, we got a bunch of people to click, but it was, you know, they're not converting. So who cares? You're paying for clicks. That doesn't, that doesn't move a business. And so interview those people, uh, to narrow down who you feel the most comfortable with that knows how to do it. Uh, who's an expert at it, who can give you testimonial. I just wrote a testimonial for my SEO guy because he has a new person wanting to come on. He's like, Hey Adam, yep. The guy's, he does SEO for three of my businesses. He's good. I like him. He's affordable. He delivers. Is he the best? Probably not. Uh, but for what I pay him, he's awesome. And so, uh, I think that that's important and people should, if you can't get testimonials, like active customer testimonials, no way, Jose, would I use that particular marketing person instead of trying to do it yourself because you're, and this goes into that entrepreneur thing is like, you're a marketer, which means like you should be talking in the community and everybody who you know should know what you do, but you're not actually a marketer. You hire marketers because you're an entrepreneur. Otherwise you're going to have a full-time marketing job and you're not going to be serving where you need to serve in that position. Um, and so that, that would be my recommendation uh, for you to consider. Thank you. Yes. Hope that was helpful. 
Mm-hmm. Any uh, anybody else? Anybody here in the the crowd? No, I think we're all done. Cool. Uh, thank you guys all for coming. Let's. Uh, I'd love to if we can close out with prayer. It's one of my favorite things. Um, thank you guys for coming. It's a blessing to be able to uh, just be here. Uh, I just. I want you to know. I feel honored. I feel grateful that you guys even. Um, have questions and value my opinion and I value your opinion and your questions and your time. So thank you guys so much. If you have any uh, additional questions, you didn't feel comfortable hopping on and asking, please email at RTX at revivaltoday.com. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. I, it's, I, I get terrible at it. I saw, I'm sorry. And I'll apologize again, but I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Um, and then we have our Facebook group, hop in there, a great place to engage, ask questions, a great place to maybe find somebody who could have a business that you may be looking to seek services from so we can kind of keep it in the community. That's Revival Executives on Facebook. Just go there, find it, type in Revival Executives, and uh, we'll let you in. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are here today. You're here in our hearts and that you are leading us further down this path of growth and serving. I pray, God, that everyone here today, here's my voice, whether they're in this place of feeling like they're a sheep lost, or maybe they're at the shepherd point, maybe they're feeling that fire of a warrior, but God, that you just continue to pour into all of us to be kings and queen makers. That's what you want us to do. You want us to lead us so that we can lead other people. God, that your spirit moves in us so powerfully, so boldly, that we hear your voice and never question your authority or what you've called us to do. We love you. We thank you for this time. We're so grateful for the continued favor and blessing on this church, on uh, Jonathan and Adalis, on this ministry here with the Revival Executives and everything that they're doing. God, continue to bless it. Continue to create great revelation for everyone as we go and grow to, to further this kingdom of yours that we love and we're so grateful to be a part of. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Love you guys. Have an awesome uh, rest of your day and we'll see you next month. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.